we're breaking down the most pressing need for every single team in the NFC and a draft fit that fills it on today's Renner Ranks. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into today's episode of Renner Ranks, your go-to daily rankings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a shout out to those everydayers out there. Don't forget to subscribe, follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst. And today's podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. NFC today, the single most pressing need heading into the offseason and a draft prospect that would fill it and where they would take that draft, said draft prospect. AFC tomorrow. Had to start with my NFC. I got the Lambo shirt on here today. I'm thinking... Super Bowl next year for my Green Bay Packers. That's why we're starting on this side. But I wanted to talk about methodology first off. This is not like the need I would address first in the draft, right? When I do, I so I'm not going to talk about position value. It's the one where literally you got nothing there. You know, it's the it's the one that this offseason, based off of who's going to be a free agent, what you have on that roster, where you are the most barren can be and a draft prospect that would fill it. And I tried best I could. And I think I did not to repeat any of these draft prospects and not to give someone that I just gave you in the mock draft, not a lot of first rounders in this uh, exercise. So with that being said, let's get to the teams starting off in the NFC East Dallas Cowboys. I have center as the most pressing need for them. Tyler Biotish, hitting free agency. You want to keep that offensive line strong. Obviously could use a tackle as well with Tyron Smith hitting free agency. We'll see how they address that. But I have them going Cedric Van Pran at number 87. I don't think first round is where I'm addressing center need. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I do not like the idea of nose tackle, then center and back-to-back first rounds. To me, that's just a misallocation of resources. That's malpractice as a GM. That's getting to Dave Gettleman territory. I I used to love actually when I did the PFF draft guide and we had this thing where it would basically show how much draft value you used at each position. And lo and behold, a lot of the bad teams around the NFL were using a lot of draft gap, let off ball linebacker, interior offensive line, running back tight end. When that's the case, Again, I just think you're misallocating your resources. So going DT and then center and back-to-back drafts, and not just a DT, a guy who's pretty much a nose tackle in Mozzie Smith, I just don't love the thought of. So I think third round's where I'm starting to address this. Cedric Van Pran, the Georgia center, I think fits the Cowboys' ethos in their running game. Power center, one of the stronger guys in this draft class at that position. Uh, I would also like Tanner Bordellini just because of the Wisconsin connection, going from Wisconsin center to Wisconsin center to Wisconsin center. Now that's more of a day three guy, but I digress. On to the Eagles up next. Their biggest need, in my opinion, based off the roster is running back. You have DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny hitting for agency. It's really just Kenny Gainwell there coming back. Now it will be an attractive spot for free agents. There's a bunch of free agent running backs, always are nowadays. So maybe they get one for cheap, someone looking to boost their 
value on the open market maybe next year on a one-year deal because it's such a good situation for running backs. But the thought to me of Trey Benson, the Florida State running back, in my opinion, the best pure runner with the football in his hands in this draft class. At number 97 in the third round, may not fall there in real life, but we'll see if they can get him there. That would be a guy I'd love to put behind this offensive line and give a bunch of touches to it, truthfully. All right, next up in the NFC East, New York Giants. To me, the biggest need for them is DT. And now it's obviously not Dexter Lawrence's position at nose tackle, but the three tech. After they traded away Leonard Williams, they had nobody. They had Ashawn Robinson filling that role, playing the majority of the snaps there at DT. And he's, at this point in his career, not a guy you want starting. He's also hitting free agency himself. So nothing really there in the tank for the New York Giants. I like the thought of Chris Jenkins, the Michigan defensive tackle, one of the best playmaking run defending three techs in this draft class, even if he's still a work in progress as a pass rusher at number 47 overall there in the second round. If he should fall there, that gives you just a stout up the middle DT duo that that's called a run defense right there. That, that's reminiscent of, Remember those mid-2000s Vikings rundies where they had, oh gosh, they had Kevin Williams at the three-tech, but then they had, who was the, was it the other Williams, Pat Williams maybe? The big fat guy. Now I'm not calling, that's not like a, a corollary. These aren't Dexter Lawrence and uh, what would be Chris Jenkins here in this scenario, but that is, that was a run defense that just week, after, week in, week out was so dominant. That could be the Giants if they add a guy like Chris Jenkins to that unit. All right, up next, Washington Commanders. I have edge. When you trade away Montez Sweat and Chase Young at the deadline, yeah, this is going to be your biggest need. To me, this may be pipe dream, maybe a little bit of a dream scenario because they're obviously not going to go edge at number two overall. But Darius Robinson, the Missouri edge, falling to 36 is something I'd be very interested in if I was the Washington Commanders. That gives you a – I mean – Obviously, they just had an awesome defensive line very recently. Um, but that gives you a punishing dude on the edge to go along with those punishing dudes on the interior. There's your NFC East. Dream scenarios for the draft. Biggest needs. On to the NFC West. San Francisco 49ers, your champions from a season ago. Interior offensive line, man. They don't have a lot of losses. Brandon Ayuk, we'll see what they do with him and the wide receiver position this offseason. That very well could be one of them with Juwan Jennings also hitting for agency. But as of right now, and it's truthfully maybe why they lost the Super Bowl, it's their interior offensive line. It's just flat out not good. And one of their better interior offensive linemen, John Feliciano, is hitting for agency. But Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford, not inspiring confidence in me, even though you know some of those guys are young, developing, whatnot. I think you need to add more talent to this. And I think you could address it early given kind of where you are as a franchise in that you're in win now mode with Brock Purdy and his contract. So Graham Barton, the Duke tackle who's played center, started his career at center at Duke now plays tackle is a guy. I would love just some talent an infusion of talent into that mix. And a guy who's versatile too, right? It's uh, with who they have. They're bringing those three guys back that I mentioned, Banks, Brendel and Burford. So they're not, desperate in terms of like they have to have a guy right now for xyz position with barton I, I think he's flexible enough that you could even play him at tackle should trent williams in his you know 36 year old self go down here as well so i think it's a guy i would love to add to the fold just get some talent there up front 
Because that's, I think, the thing standing between you and a Lombardi right now is that interior or just that offensive line could be the biggest issue. On to the Los Angeles Rams, where, man, it's still cornerback. It was kind of cornerback last year, but they had a Kella Witherspoon play some of his better ball of his career this past season for them, but he's hitting for agency. Darion Kendrick, I think at this point, shoot, at any point in his career, we could know that he's probably not the long-term answer you want at outside corner. I know they drafted Travis Hodges Tomlinson last season, but he's obviously tiny for outside corner and didn't see the field a ton last year. Have some youth, but I think it's a position that I'd like to address, maybe not in the first round with where they're sitting at pick 19. I think there will be some premium positions, that uh, different ones that they could use that they would attack. But corner in the second, a guy like Kamari Lasseter, who's just an all-around good football player. And I had this conversation with Marcus Whitman the other day when we were doing a mock draft, that franchise guy on YouTube. And I basically said, the Rams, they don't care about traits, really. They don't care about arm length. They don't care about 40 times. They care about how does this guy play football. And to me, Kamari Lasseter, the Georgia corner, is a football player. He's undersized. He's not the most physically imposing. He's not going to blaze a 40 but he didn't get beat much and he's a guy who just balls out and is a tone setter on the outside. All right. Onto the Seattle Seahawks here where I have linebacker as their biggest need. Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, Devin Bush also hitting free agency. Some of those more important than others, obviously, but you just got Nick Ballore there in that linebacker group and Nick Ballore, God love him. Fantastic. Uh, special teamer in his own right. I don't think their long-term plan is to start him at linebacker. I'll just say that. I think uh, not breaking any news there. So while I think they'll probably bring back Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner could be on his last legs. I mean, shoot, he is on his last legs, but could be. Um, it's a position you want to upgrade at, even if he's back, shall we say. And the guy I'd love, if you want to recreate what Mike McDonald had in Baltimore, where you had, Obviously, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. You have Jordan Brooks being Roquan Smith in the situation. I would love Jeremiah Trotter, the Clemson linebacker. Either pick 78 or 81. They have two third rounders right there in the middle of the third to be your Patrick Queen, the sideline to sideline, little undersized guy, not your take on blocks guy. Got Jordan Brooks for that. He is the guy that can flat out play the game at a high level. He is and obviously. I think he's a little more instinctive than Patrick Queen was coming out of LSU. And so maybe the learning curve for him will be quicker than it was for Queen, who turned it on this past year, but his early on in his career was not that guy. Not that guy. Pal. All right, on to the Arizona Cardinals. Kool-Aid, McKinstry, and the cornerback position is where I'm looking at. Pick 27 or pick 35. Now, obviously, a ton of ways we can go with this with the Arizona Cardinals. There's more than one dire need on this roster. But I look at this cornerback position where Marco Wilson has been a liability for multiple seasons now. Antonio Hamilton Sr., a former UDFA who's now 31 years old, was playing the second most snaps there at the cornerback position. Yeah, you had Kytrell Clark, Garrett Williams from a season ago, Garrett Williams rookie year coming off an ACL. I, I think you can pencil him into one of those starting positions. But I think you need to do better at that. And it's a position I would address early if I were them in this corner class, especially, again, we talk about that top five. If one of them falls, I really like Cardinals to be the beneficiary of it. Kool-Aid McInstry is the guy I would cross my fingers for if I was them. 
be Jonathan Gannon's version of, of James Bradbury there over in the desert. All right, before we get to the NFC North here, this podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, back to the NFC North. My favorite division. Detroit Lions, though, were your champions a season ago. And for them, the most pressing need this offseason is none other than the guard position, where Big V is a free agent. Jonah Jackson is an impending free agent. Graham Glasgow is an impending free agent. It's a lot of free agents for one position. So basically, I hope they resign Jonah Jackson, and then I hope they draft Cooper Beebe at number 73 overall. The Kansas State guard, one of the strongest offensive linemen in this class. And for them especially, I want a guy to put next to Penny Sewell that can just move the line of scrimmage, man. I want a double-team duo that's going to create freeways for this running back duo, the two-headed monster there in Detroit. That's your bread and butter. I've talked about it in the draft where how I would like – I wouldn't hate the thought of someone like Jackson Powers Johnson – to them in the first round, just because it's such an identity pick. And now it's a lot of, you know, again, non-premium picks um, going to the, the first in the first round, non-premium position, excuse me, as first rounders the past two seasons. So a more realistic use of draft capital. Number 73 overall, Cooper Beebe, the Kansas State guard. Out to the Green Bay Packers, where... I have a lot of thoughts, but safety is for sure the position where they just don't have dudes. They don't have bodies. You have Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage, Jonathan Owens, all hitting for agency. Basically, the guys that were playing the majority of the snaps there this past season. Will they bring any of them back? TBD. Anthony Johnson Jr., seventh rounder from last year, a guy I was high on coming out of Iowa State. Could be in line to start. Could very well be a starter for them. Even if he is, still need one. And I'm going to say this fit a bunch because I'm a big fan of his game. Cam Kinchins, Miami safety to number 58 Packers, two second rounders. Use that second, second rounder to get one of the best single high safeties in this class because Jeff Halfley, new DC, bringing a much more single high minded defense into the fold there in Green Bay after doing all that dumb split safety off coverage stuff. We're going to do a lot more press. We, I say we, I hate that I did that. I haven't packed a shareholder enough. Packers are going to do a lot more press. I'm going to cut that. Packers are going to do a lot more press this year and a lot more single high. Cam Kinchins, ton of plays from single high over the course of his Miami career. I think you could also go to another safety that we're going to talk about in a couple minutes here with Chicago Bears, but I think they're going to address it at some point in this draft. Now to the Minnesota Vikings, where I have edge is the most pressing need with Daniel Hunter, DJ Wanham, both hitting for agency. Hopefully they bring Hunter back. We shall see if he's in their plans because he's going to cost a 
It costs a good amount of money for them, but they're sitting at number 11 and could very well have their pick of the top edge rusher in this draft class. And for their sake, I hope it's Dallas Turner. That would be great for them. And yeah, this one doesn't really need too much of an explanation. Minnesota Vikings, Dallas Turner. On to the Chicago Bears, where, as you can hear, my dog Riggins just slurping up water right now, maybe. Um, I have safety as their biggest need as well. And, you know, Eddie Jackson, they just cut or just let go. This past week, you have Jaquan Brisker, more of a box type. So I'll add Kalen Bullock, the USC safety, much more of a deep type. I mean, he is a guy that you really kind of don't want in the box whatsoever. But 75, pick number 75 in the third round. This guy with crazy range, um, (sighs) crazy ball skills on the back end, and just developmental potential, man. So, uh Packers and Bears both in the market for those deep safety types coming up here. On to the NFC South, where the Bucs were your division champions a year ago. And with Levante David and Devin White hitting free agency, linebacker looks to be their biggest need. I don't think Servakia Dennis and KJ Britz is an imposing linebacker core for anyone. Just a thought. Um, now, I, now, I do love KJ Britt as a run defender. Don't get it twisted. But I do think that Peyton Wilson's a guy I'd love to see in a Bucks uniform next year. The NC State linebacker. I rave about him. I think he's the best linebacker in this draft class. You know the injury stuff. The multiple shoulder surgeries. The multiple ACLs. That's why he could fall to 57 in the first place. But a guy who's probably, you know, in terms of you're going to a Todd Bowles defense. You better be able to cover some ground. You better be able to blitz. Peyton Wilson can do those two things. So to get that guy pick 57, I think would be good. Obviously you hope they bring Levante David back. You would hate to see him in any other Jersey other than a Bucks one. Not to the new Orleans saints where man, some teams did not have a lot of needs and the new Orleans saints are one of them. Now, that could change depending on how they have to manage this cap situation because not only you know cuts and restructures will have to be made for them to get underneath the cap, but as it stands right now, wide receiver looks like the one position where with Michael Thomas hitting free agency, your receiving core being Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, and A.T. Perry, you probably want a more consistent possession guy. I just don't think Rashid Shahid's kind of like a number two at this point in time. If you're calling Chris Olave the number one there, he's just feels like more of a number three, right? More of like the big play number three. So to me, Jalen Polk, the Washington wide receiver, is a guy I would love to add to the fold here at probably pick 45. I don't think that's too rich for him. I think he's just a, a very safe pick. Maybe he doesn't have the high end, but you got some dudes who bring the high end to the table, right? He's much more of a possession wide receiver. Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid, they can bring the big plays. You don't necessarily need that aspect to your offense. You need the guy who on third down can run a slant and make a contested catch, who's going to you know, going to block for you out, those guys on the outside when you throw Rashid Shahid a screen. Jalen Polk is just a football player, a very technically sound wide receiver, and a guy who, again, high floor, going to a team that could use his exact skill set. So I love that fit for the New Orleans Saints. 
Atlanta Falcons also could use a wide receiver. A lot of the wide receiver needs in the NFC South, as we'll see here, because there's one more team that I think we all know needs a wide receiver. But Atlanta Falcons sneakily need one because Arthur Smith did not use them when he was there, whereas Zach Robinson will definitely use them if you watched, obviously, the Rams at any point over the past few seasons. They use a whole stable of them. So you really just got Drake London on that roster right now. Scotty Miller, Van Jefferson, Mac Hollins, all hitting free agency. You got a need at the position. And the guy I'd love to add to the mix, because kind of everything I just said about the Saints, like Drake London's the guy that the Saints are missing, right? That possession, first down, chain mover type. The Falcons now are missing that explosive big play type. And Xavier Worthy from Texas is who I would love for them to add. Not in the first round. Pick 43 in the second round. I don't think that's too rich for him. I think that might even be good value for him. He's going to end up higher than 43rd on my board. He's just, he's the perfect complement to a guy like Drake London in that he's your vertical threat, man. He's the guy that if you're putting a lot of attention Drake London's way, and now London may not command that kind of attention because he's not a big play threat necessarily himself, but Worthy can definitely take the top off of defense for you. I think a quarterback for any of these, I just, I thought the other positions were more interesting. Talking about quarterbacks, it's usually super binary, not nearly as intriguing to discuss. So last team here in the NFC, and it's the Carolina Panthers. And it's also the wide receiver position. And this one's easy. Pick 33, better darn well be a wide receiver, right? In this wide receiver class, unless like eight go in the first round, which I do not anticipate. Keon Coleman, Ladd McConkey, this is the only team I'm putting two names for, but either of them can play a role for them. And it, again, depends on who they sign in free agency. I assume they will sign someone. I hope they don't go nuts and trade for Brandon Ayuk and give up like two first rounders and do it. That's just, I, I worry about that being the case. I worry about it. <laughs> uh, that coming from an owner is be like, we need this guy, the number one. He would obviously be an upgrade for you. You need to start making better, more timely decisions, though, more forward thinking decisions. That would not be one. So if you're going to sign one, if, you know, throw some money at Michael Pittman Jr., right? Throw some money at T. Higgins. Cool. I'm not, it's that big of a need that I'm not going to hate too much if you give $25 million to a guy who probably realistically, isn't at that level of wide receiver, but it's just that big of a need for you, but then also draft one. So if you do sign one of those two guys, well, then I'd lean more towards Ladd McConkey. If you sign maybe more of a slot type of wide receiver, you know, maybe say, say, say Ty, Tyler Boyd there, um, another, the other Bengal, then I maybe lean Keon Coleman for you. So no real more explanation necessary there for the Carolina Panthers. All right, there you have your biggest needs and the players that will fill them in the NFC. We will do AFC tomorrow. And then on Friday, we are going to do my favorite player team fits of the entire draft. Just guys to positions that I love the most, that I think I want to see the most. Then next week, NFL Combine. Monday, Tuesday, we are going to do Combine Previews. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday have not quite decided on exactly where I'm going to go with those shows. That may depend on what's going on, news out of Indy, because there always is around the combine. And then the week after that, though, 
the week you're all waiting for. It's going to be top 100 draft board week. Coming out of the combine, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to go through 100 through 80, 100 to 80, 79 to 60. You guys know. Countdown by 20. 20 players each day going through my top 100 draft board. Very excited to go through all of that. Until then, though, you've been listening to Renner Ranks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank <laughs> you.